finding people who are serious about their brand and serious about taking their business or their personal brand to the next level. That's probably the biggest challenge because a lot of people aren't as serious as maybe I was when I was trying to start my brand. And I have to kind of remember that, you know, everybody, everybody doesn't have the same mindset that I have. Well, hello there. I'm Phil. Welcome to Brand Therapy. And I'm Lauren. If it sounds like I'm short of breath, it's because we're on a couch right now in London and Phil is apathetically holding up this microphone as he has throughout the entire interview and I have to be hunched over to talk into it. My back is really curved. Sometimes we have to do exceptional things and exceptional situations. We're on the road with a little handheld microphone, but we're in London, so we can't really complain. No, no. And it's just showing our commitment, I guess. At least my like physical commitment to this interview. Oh boy. Speaking of physical and commitment, today's interview is a great one. It's someone who specializes in a niche. She rocks a niche, which is sports. And I say that's the physical part. The commitment part is this girl, her commitment to content and to getting her brand out there. She pops up on my newsfeed all the time. I'm a big fan. Here's our conversation with Asia. Asia, I've looked you up. I've looked you up online. And what I love about what you're doing is the consistency. You've got quote cards. You've got little tidbits of inspiration. Maybe to start, tell us a little bit about who you are and why people should care. I'm a marketing strategist for athletes, small businesses, personal brands. And I just kind of take the story of the individual or the business or the brand and make it into something or create digital content around that story that um, is able to promote that person or that brand. And then also it's something that somebody wants to buy into. So that's pretty much the niche of what I do. (laughs) And when you say that you create digital content, what do you mean? So I do video content. I do uh, different visuals on social media. So whether it's, uh, you know, photography, I'm really big into photography. That's like my second hobby. Taking those pictures and recreating them into something that fits um, their brand on social media or on their website. So yeah, that's pretty much what I mean by digital content. So it's really video content and then photography. That's great. What have some of your biggest challenges been to date? Probably finding people who, I want to say finding the right people, but finding people who are serious about their brand and serious about taking their business or or their personal brand to the next level. That's probably the biggest challenge because a lot of people aren't, you know, aren't as serious as maybe I was when I was trying to start my brand. And I have to kind of remember that, you know, everybody, everybody doesn't have the same mindset that I have. Interesting. And how are you finding clients to date? Uh, right now, it's kind of word of mouth and kind of going off of referrals. So I would, um, let's say one of my clients, I have a good friend. He's uh, actually the quarterback for Florida State football. So using him as a client and then kind of getting him to spread the word through his uh, other friends and his other his other peers on the football team. And then also just kind of word of mouth around town. I've worked with a lot of different people in Orlando, um, like small schools and really small businesses and individuals who are just looking to like grow their brand and locally. So working with them and having them spread the word through, you know, different events. And also, I just launched a podcast myself. So that's kind of, you know, generating some, um, generating clients for me as well. Do you have an ideal client who you'd work with? Like in a perfect world, would you work with only athletes or only small businesses? In a perfect world, it would probably be only athletes. 
That's like my niche. Yeah. And since it's not a perfect world yet, have you kind of expanded beyond that to at least kind of as you're launching your business? Yes, I have expanded um, beyond athletes. I'm working with other small businesses. I work with a cosmetology client. I'm also working with some teachers and some um, schools, local schools here in the area, local private schools. So, yes, I have branched out beyond sports. I had to. (laughs) That's great. I'm wondering, Phil, so, and this is what's going through my brain, Asia, is that being open to opportunities is obviously really smart. And and that's what you've also done. But in terms of like growing your brand and, and spreading the word, sometimes being specific can help you even more. Phil, do you think it would be like too limiting if Asia presented herself as like solely working with athletes or specializing in athletes? Yeah. Too limiting? I think it potentially could be, but maybe even if this comes up a lot, right? As we're building brands, we often say you want to rock a niche, but then when you're starting out, will that niche be too limiting? Or is the fact that it's limiting actually helpful so people get a sense of what you do really well quicker? And by effectively targeting one specific audience so well, you attract secondary and tertiary markets. You can already see from my answer that I have two opinions on this. There's two different perspectives. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Asia, what do you think? Like, would you, based on what you've done so far, it would it be really challenging to go after only athletes? I think if you do something really well, they're going to come to you, regardless of whether it is, you know, if you're focusing on that, that specific niche or, you know, you're branching out to different categories. But I do think, because I've thought about this myself a lot, whether I want to just solely focus on sports or continue to just, you know, do small businesses. But I really think it depends on the person. It depends on how you feel going into that process. Do you just want to focus on, you know, like a niche like sports or do you want to branch it out? And I think if you're good at doing multiple things, then that may be the, the path for you to go into. But if you're really, really good at that one specific thing, then you have to kind of go into it and own that. And then, you know, those people will come to you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And and I don't know, I like the idea of being super specific for sports. And here's why. Sports are such like tight-knit communities that when you're on a team with someone, like I feel like things spread like wildfire a lot quicker. And it's kind of like we're in a review-based society. And so if one team member has a good experience working with you, you can bet that the other team members will learn about it. So I'm almost thinking that for your kind of organic growth, it might make sense to go for like team managers and team coaches and even offer like a group deal on your services for those members. Um, So maybe you could manage like the individual profiles of an entire sports team. And that way it would actually not only help the individual player, but it would help the, the team as a whole too. I like that idea. That makes a lot of sense. And I've actually thought about reaching out to some, um, I guess not not really teams, but like some athlete or sports agents and some that I kind of know who um who share my similar interests and who have athletes that I share similar interests with and that work with my brand to kind of reach out to those agents and possibly, you know, ask them, hey, I can do this for your clients type thing and kind of make it into like a team thing that way. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to mention next are now starting to brainstorm. I like this train of thought, brainstorming. Where are these influencers or gatekeepers that exist in the industry when we're looking to expand 
business. We're going to talk about organic growth for your social media channels. But I like that we're talking a little bit about business to start because, Asia, you've already mentioned something that comes up quite often. The fact that your strongest source of business is referral, word of mouth. And so so knowing that, having that kind of moment of realization, and I bet a lot of people listening probably would say the same thing. Referral, word of mouth is, I mean, I, I would say that for our business, that's where we get the most number of clients. When we do a good job of something and those people tell other people. I think it's worth talking about that and, and, and starting to isolate who are those influencers. So sports agents, great example. Team managers, great example. How many people are on a team? What, like 20? So it's like hitting 20 birds with one stone. Football teams can have like like over 60 people. 60? Yeah. yeah. And then especially with sports, there's that kind of sense like there's that competitiveness. So if Asia does a really good job of someone's brand and profile, then the rest of the team is going to be jealous. Yeah. And on top of it too, I feel like the case that Asia would present for her services would almost hold a little bit more water to the people who are running teams because their ultimate goal is either to sell game tickets or it's to get like, you know, sponsored by companies. And so by building up the awareness of their brands, that'll better lead them to those opportunities. So I don't know if like an individual player would care as much about that. They're more focused on their their personal career. So anyway, I was just, I wanted to establish sort of how we're presenting Asia and what audience she's going after, because that will affect her organic growth strategy online uh, mm-hmm. if she's wanting to get more followers. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. <laughs> I think it's it's a good starting, you know, point, just kind of going into, going into those, you know, those agencies or with those agents or with those teams and kind of, you know, presenting an idea of some, some sort of like a group package or something like that to get the business out there and get it growing. And then having that organic following kind of come from that. Well, here's another thought. Sometimes you have to give a little to get a lot. So depending on how people, you already know this, depending on how people respond to you, if I were you, I might even give some consideration to doing a free mini workshop, maybe something to give a little taste of what it is you teach and the value that you bring to people. Have you thought about doing something like that? Maybe doing a free workshop and that removes the pressure of like having to sell from the very beginning, but gets gives them an excuse to to for you to to show what you're capable of teaching and not just tell them. Mm-hmm. I have thought about that. I've thought about doing it in the form of of a workshop, like in person, and also doing it in the form of like a webinar. So that that those are something that is something I have thought about. Um, I just haven't gotten down to that planning and executing stage of doing that, but it is something that that has been on my mind. Yeah, interesting. I don't know off the top of my head which one would do better. I I would probably explore the possibility of trying both, and then you'll know. Yeah, that's definitely something that that I really am considering. I was actually talking yesterday with a friend, um, and we were talking about putting together some type of event um, centered around like sports marketing and you know digital content creation and sports. So that's definitely something that is like next on my list to do. So Love I'm it. glad you brought that up. Love it. Great. So let's talk about increasing your organic following. So Asia, which social media platform is most important to you? Instagram. Instagram is the most important just because I'm such a creative. So Instagram allows me to use pictures and videos in one 
I'm not really a quote unquote wordy person. So um, like I show things through images. So Instagram is definitely number one for me. Okay. And what's your Instagram strategy right now? Right now, my strategy is kind of centered around kind of building my personal brand up more so than my business and kind of going from, you know, generating that following for my business or generating clients for my business through that personal brand. So I'm really just kind of showing my personal brand, showing the journey more so than I am kind of showing the, I guess, the business side of what I do Um, and then kind of like leading people into the business that way. Okay, got it. I feel like if you're going to have, you know, a short window to sort of sell to someone, so to speak, especially in sports when they're busy and and it might be a tougher sell, it might be worth sort of revisiting your overall Instagram posting strategy and thinking about how what you post can most benefit your dream clients, like athletes. Um, Because a personal brand it can be really effective as a proof of concept. And I definitely don't want you to lose that element. But I think maybe even take it one step further and just make sure that every single post offers value to athletes. Hold on. I think Phil has something to say. Me? What about you? Oh, yeah. I love putting you on the spot. You do. This is a moment in the podcast where we've decided that we're going to tell you what we do for a living. Who needs sponsors when we can just sell our services? Sponsor it ourselves. <laughs> so you're listening to us at work. We thought we'd tell you that, in fact, we offer this as a service. It's called a brand audit. So our brand audit, instead of being in a short podcast episode, it's completely private. And it's a 90-minute consultation. And if you like what you're hearing, and if you like, especially in part two, the advice that we give, feel free to visit philpallon.expert slash therapy. There, there's a special link if you want the brand audit where you will get a discount. How much is the discount? I don't know. Have we decided? Do you know what? We're going to make it a 15% discount. There we go. That's what other podcasts do, at least. 15% off a brand audit if you want it. Shall we get back to the show? Let's do it. But I think maybe even take it one step further and just make sure that every single post offers value to athletes. Okay. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that too. And I think it's actually just a slight pivot from what you're already doing, Asia. You do a really good job, like I said, of posting every single day and really getting the word out there. But I think that would make it even better. I'm definitely down for trying that and giving that a shot. Um, Because yeah, I try to post every single day. If it's not a post on my feed, it's in the Instagram stories. So I try to put some type of content out there every single day. And then I read an article, I think a few weeks ago, that was saying that to really excel as an influencer on Instagram and to really grow, you need to seek out conversations and comment a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Are you doing any of that right now? I am. This past week, I haven't really been doing it, but I um, I do try to, I follow hashtags on Instagram. So when I see something pop up that I'm interested in or something that maybe one of the top influencers within, you know, uh, social media marketing and sports or sports marketing comes up, I try my best to go in there and, you know, leave, you know, a comment that's at least, you know, a sentence or two long so that it catches their eye. Um, and try to engage myself within that conversation. So yes, I'm I'm working on doing it more often, but I am doing that. Yeah. 
One thing to mention, too, that you can do now on Instagram, which is one of the newer features, is that you can actually follow hashtags on your feed. So you can add a specific hashtag by searching it on Instagram, and then you can actually follow that like you would follow a person. That's a great idea, particularly for people looking to grow their organic reach. When I've asked this question to people that have you know 50, 100,000 followers plus on Instagram, the answer is always the same. The answer is actually not so much what you're posting, but how you're engaging and how you're maintaining and initiating conversation on this platform. So that's very cool. How many hashtags are you following, Asia? Right now, probably 10. I will say 10. Yeah, that's a good number. 10 is a good number. And then just starting to keep, uh, you know, like an inventory in your brain of who are these people? Who are the top posters? And then making sure that your comments are visible on their posts. Because it's kind of funny. When you think about engagement, you think of the A to B interaction. But actually, there's a C and a D and an E. Those are the people that are watching what's happening, right? And that's where actually you can really increase your visibility in a way that you don't necessarily think of in the moment. Okay. Sounds good. I like all these ideas. I'm writing everything down. (laughs) Perfect. So Asia, something just for like a specific number to aim for with commenting every day. We heard that if you want to see the most growth possible, you should, within those 10 hashtags that you're following, you should be commenting on at least 10 different posts within each of those 10 hashtags. So about 100 comments a day. It's a really, really big investment. But honestly, it's one of the surest ways to get more followers, especially on Instagram. I would recommend researching more hashtags just to open yourself up to like a a greater pond of commenting opportunities. And then just like create a list and, and run through them every single day. Okay, that sounds good. Are you posting hashtags on your Instagram posts at the moment? Yes, I am. I have a note in my phone and I just go in there and like copy. Um, sometimes I switch them up and tailor them to certain posts, but I do have posts that I put on my um, on every single Instagram post. Perfect. Perfect. And make sure like definitely change the hashtags so no post has the exact same um, combination. Because again, we're looking for opportunities to get you seen by more people. And if you're posting on on sort of the same pool of hashtags, that that won't really happen. So just I would make sure that at least half of the hashtags that you're posting or commenting on your posts are unique. Okay. Have you guys heard of this app called Focal Mark? That's been my favorite one to generate hashtags. I always add in a few of my own, but that's one that people should check out that I've really enjoyed. You kind of define three different, almost like keywords, and it generates popular hashtags. Not too popular though, because if your hashtag is too popular, then you get lost in the sea of content on that. So like hashtag sunset is not going to do anything for you. But this app called Focal Mark really does a good job of giving useful hashtags that you can put on your post. So you can define the city, you're in the style of photo and even the camera you use to take the photo. So I recommend people check that out. And Asia, you too, check it out. It might help make that hashtag game even more efficient. Okay, for sure. I will. I, I never heard of it before, so it's great. Yeah, it's crazy all the apps that are popping up now to make this whole Instagram life 
manageable social media life, I should say, as a whole. But certainly, I'd say of all things that come up on this podcast, Instagram's probably number one. Not just on the podcast, but even in our business. It's a platform that you just can't, you can't ignore. It's just a, it's just a, a, a really powerful community as it relates to business and as it relates to brands. So I love that you have already given some thought and some strategy to exactly what you're doing on Instagram. Cool, great. I think with some of these strategies to get you rocking to up your engagement, I think you're also going to see an increase in followers. And also just some of the strategies that we talked about to revise and get the word out there to revise exactly kind of what your angle is to make sure the value is so forward. I think that you're going to start to see some positive results from this. I think so as well. I I sure hope so, but I think so as well. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Asia. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm going to take some of the things that um, we've talked about today and I'm going to start implementing them today um, on my Instagram. I love it. We will be watching. And uh, thank you for hanging out with us for a few minutes, Asia. It's been a pleasure and we're excited to see what comes of all of this. Thank you guys for having me. Well, that was good. It was. I feel like we say that after every recording. Well, because it was. But in this case, she had a niche that she had already rocked. And I like that because sometimes people come to us and they're afraid to do that. But she has owned that world. And I think that she's reaping the benefits of it. Yeah, I love how Asia is laser focused. Like you can tell that's just part of her personality. And it's just so nice to that she's open to ideas and, and she's comfortable with kind of pigeonholing herself a little bit because some people get really scared about that. Well, and particularly with sports or any of these kind of like attractive, sexy, we might divide them as markets, it is competitive. So you have to own that world. And it's not to say this is a good reminder for people. It's not to say that even when you do super laser focus on an industry that you won't attract secondary and tertiary types of clients. If Asia implements what we talked about today, three years from now, where do you think she'll be? I think she'll have thousands and thousands of Instagram followers. And I think that she'll have some really top sports athlete clients that have decided to hire her based on her track record, which she's building every single day now. Yeah, I think so too. And I could actually see her developing relationships with like product companies like sports apparel and like, you know, how they're always into like protein stuff. But I could see Asia actually starting to develop a relationship with those people and almost like pairing them up with her, with her clients. There you go. That's it. Looked into our crystal ball. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's true though. Well, I hope you got some value from this episode. And we thank Asia for hanging out with us. Remember that you can continue the conversation. Hashtag brand therapy. I'm at Phil Palin on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at the Lauren Moore. And we want to hear from you. We also really want you to subscribe to our show because we have a different guest on every single week. And we talk about different things that are probably useful for you to hear for your business. Not probably useful. It is useful. Definitely useful. (laughs) Definitively useful. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe and we would love a review. Five stars. Yay. In iTunes. And that's it for us this week. Bye.
and next week on Brand Therapy. My biggest struggle, I would honestly say, is social media and more so Facebook. I'm just not getting it anymore. It's not the way it used to be. And especially for businesses now, things have completely changed. And I don't know my right from my left. 